Hey, hey, welcome to the Unchained Sex Cast. I'm Sierra Booker, sex and intimacy coach and sex enthusiast. I'm about to make your life a lot spicier. I help people find their truths and live their desires shame free. My goal is to break the generational and cultural shame around sexuality and sex, all while helping make your sexual experiences with yourself, partner, significant other in your life, everything that you desire. I am full of resources and I am extremely straight to the point. So if you are ready for the unsugar-coated talks, I'll be covering everything under the birds and the bees, aka sex. Welcome to the Unchained Sex Cast and welcome back to another episode of the Unchained Sex Cast. I wanted to do an episode to just really kind of talk about something that I love talking about. So uh, this might be a little breakup from what a normal episode might be like with me. So if this is your first episode you're listening to, um, it'll be a good one. But also check out a few more just to make sure that you're getting the full experience of Sierra. The full experience, shall I say, I guess. I don't know. So I wanted to do an episode to talk about something that I really love and also that's maybe a little bit more personal. I know I have a lot of new followers and a lot of you might not know my background or maybe who I am a little bit. So this episode will give you a little bit of a personal view in Sierra's world. I'll probably get a little more Uh, I'll probably get a little more vulnerable than I would like to, but you know, whenever I'm in front of a microphone, you just never know what's going to come out of my mouth. So this is the Unchained Sex Cast. We are raw, authentic, and straight to the point around here. So whenever I started this podcast, I knew it was going to be from the heart because I had already run a business for so long and learned my way through hard lessons and learned the do's and the don'ts and I learned what worked and I learned a lot of what didn't work. So whenever I start something, I only do something that's genuine and authentic to me because I learned that burnout is so real. And when you you get burnout, it's because you, one, stop having fun, two, lose track of your priorities and really what you're even working towards, or you just fall out of love with what you are doing. And so I had to make something that was very genuine and authentic and what felt like really me. Kind of why I did this episode, I looked at my schedule coming up of recording and I thought everything just seems really, really on the side of the logical side of Sierra versus like the heart side of Sierra, which I feel like are almost two separate people (laughs) at times. Like, We have lots of people over here, guys, and it's just Sierra. If you know what I'm saying, sometimes the parts of me are just so polar opposite, but I have the very strong logical side, and I also have the very down-to-earth, I'll talk to anybody, I'll talk about anything, I'll tell you my life story, you can tell me your life story side as well. So, I don't know, I feel like this is just a different combination. So, I was looking at my recording schedules for coming up, and I just thought, oh, these are just so, like heavy logical and I stopped and I thought okay so what do I actually want to fucking talk about because here's where I always find myself where I need to pause and shift if I'm not excited if I'm not like nipple hard like whoo I'm fucking horny for this then I know it's not right and I know that's my body telling me hey so let's shift then so 
when I saw my recording list, I was like, okay, well, what do I want to talk about? What actually fucking excites me? And that is how I get out of my head and back into my heart. (laughs) And it sounds really cheesy, but that's like my only way of saying that's how I sometimes get my brain to stop fucking thinking. And I stop and I pause and I feel What do I actually feel? What is my heart and what is my body actually telling me? Where is it guiding me? I have been in my head for however long I'm alive now, right? Like almost 30 years. I've been in my head. I I lived in my head through my 20s, 100%. Like, yes, I had a lot of my heart and my passion guiding me in my 20s, but I think I was just like out there like, woo, fucking just meandering around with no fucking direction, just free spirited Sierra, woo, conquering the fucking world. Like, I don't even know how I did anything, honestly. (laughs) Coming to the end of my 20s, I'm just like, holy shit, I'm glad this decade is over. But sometimes I'm like, how did I do any of the things that I did? How was I as successful as I actually was? I have no idea. I lived a lot of it in my head. I will say that's one of the things I did. I'm very analytical. And I've run my businesses very professionally, very, for the most part, organized. I would say more organized in the last four or five years, for sure. The beginning was really rough. I mean, like, that was that was rough as fuck. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. I need to keep on track for this episode. I'm just giving you a little example of, I'm sure some of you guys are relating to what I'm talking to right now. So I know you are. Because I know some of you guys personally who listen to this podcast and you share with me your personal things and your journeys and what you're going through right now, which I super appreciate because that helps me talk about different things on the podcast. I'm sure that some of you have been guilty of living your life in your head and forgetting to lead by your heart and, you know, doing that in my business. Like, yes, I run very successful businesses. I was very organized. But at some point, I got really fucking burnt out and I didn't know why. And whenever I hit that wall... The only thing that brought me up and led me in a new direction was following my heart. And at that point, that was my heart of pursuing coaching full time. So this is probably like almost three years now it's been since I kind of hit that wall. And when I hit that wall, there was just no going back. You know, whenever you hit that official burnt out wall, you're like done. You're like, it's over. It's done. We're moving forward. And I really just started to focus. I focused on myself again and what I loved. And I had to find Sierra again. I had to find Sierra again personally. I had to find Sierra again as an entrepreneur. I had to find what Sierra wanted for her businesses again. And a lot of stuff changed, you know, at that point in time too. Like a lot of the stuff that was changing in my world was totally out of my hands. Like at that point, the company that I have worked for for eight years um, as a 1099 contract, a lot of the things at that point had really changed and the team and everything that I had grown had shifted and our, my commissions had shifted and everything had really shifted. So at that point it was more than just burnout, but something in my body, like all of a sudden just woke up and was like, Sierra, we're fucking done. Like we're done. We're moving in a new direction. And I had just really felt like I loved what I did and I was loving what I was doing, but just something wasn't really fulfilling me. There just wasn't something fulfilling about running sales and selling products and You know, like I made it fun. If you are listening to this and you've been in my private groups on Facebook and you've attended my live shopping sales, the dozens and dozens, probably hundreds of 
live and online events that I have done, then you know I made it fucking fun because that's what I do. Like that's I when I do something, when you do something with passion, it's going to naturally come out. You make it fun. You're going to have fun with it. You're going to enjoy doing it. And I loved what I was doing, but there just wasn't something fulfilling about that. You guys know I'm a lot fucking deeper than that. I'm a lot deeper. I like to go a lot deeper. Y'all know I'm not a surface level person. And that's why this is not a surface level podcast. It's unchained. It's unhinged. It's unruly. We're going to talk about whatever the fuck we want to talk about. So I knew I hit the burnout stage full force whenever I stopped having that fulfillment of fun. And I felt like things weren't fun anymore. And I was having a block on how to make it fun again. And it was because my priorities changed, but Sierra was also changing. And in the middle of who you used to be and who you are becoming, like in that middle fucking gray area, it's really hard to run a business with authenticity. And what I mean by that is... Sometimes it's really hard to share your view on something whenever you're not really sure what it is at this point, you know, like it's still up in the air. Like I'm really having strong feelings about this, but I just haven't really felt it through what's true for me yet, if that makes any sense at all. So like running a business in this gray area, I feel like I could write a whole fucking book on it. Let me just tell you, but I know there's so many people in the world that have gone through the same exact thing and are going through something that's very similar, but I always wanted to... I wanted to form my podcast and the type of coach that I was going to be around authenticity because that's who I am and that's always who I've been and I've always been one to empower other people to also wear their truth, wear what's true for them and not feel shame around it. So really, I guess I just talked for like the whole first 10 minutes of this just to show that I am human and whenever I hit a wall of unauthenticity or um I've been in my head I need to kind of get back in my heart like this is not feeling me you know it's feeling more clinical it's feeling more researchy not more like hey this is Sierra talking so this is just one of those moments and I thought it would be a good time to kind of talk about it and just things that I go through as a business owner as a human things that you go through that not a lot of people talk about but I am so guilty. Like, if you want to know who the queen of living in their head is, it's me. I'm the overthinker. I'm the, I must think out through everything. And then I just live up there and have everything circulating around. So such a good reminder to get out of your head, back into your fucking heart. You know, this is what I help people do for a living. But I think, I feel like the only reason why I'm able to help other people is because I've had this process myself and I go through it continuously and I pause and I stop myself and I'm like, okay, we can go two ways here. So this episode, I wanted to talk about love languages a little bit and go a little personal into my experience because some people have heard me talk about this. And if you just heard me say love language and just immediately blew me off, just fucking pause, like chill in your britches. Okay. Just take a few deep breaths. I want you to just hear the rest of this one out because this might give you an idea on how to be a better lover, how to appreciate your partner more, or maybe this episode will help you explain to your partner and other people on how they can appreciate you more. This is something I learned later in my late twenties, but this is work. This is something that I do a lot of work around with my clients and I wanted to talk about it more publicly just because some people don't really have an actual idea of what it looks like or what it means 
And some people really need that visual or personal experience, i.e. the guinea pig, which is me on this episode. I am the visual person. Like people will say something to me and I'm just like, huh? And then I see it and I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, this, this and that. And they're like, Sierra, I just told you about that the other day. Don't you fucking remember? I have my friends and some of my family who get so pissed off at me because of this. And it's honestly because I'm a visual person. If I see something, I will have almost a photographic memory. I will memorize it. I could see it forever. Like the visual connection for me is everything. I'm a very visual person. So whenever someone describes something to me or like paints that picture visually, like doing even just like a listening walkthrough visualization, those help me so much because whenever I can visualize it, it's like burned into my brain forever. The people who have like auditory skills are fucking insane because I'm just like, I think a little bit of it is probably my neurodivergency ADHD tendencies because sometimes whenever people are talking, it's really hard to just focus on what they're saying whenever I don't have the visual. And so I'm just sitting there going through things in my head and then I miss what they're actually saying. And then it just looks like I'm blowing them off or I wasn't really listening. And really it's because I'm fighting my own shit inside my own head. But that's something I know about myself and I can curve and pay attention to and always work to do better at. Love languages is one of my favorite things only because this is one way that has helped me figure out what I love, what I need, like in my relationship, what do I need to feel appreciated and loved by my partner? And it has really helped me in my self-discovery process. So whenever I do this with my clients, this always comes up. I actually will have my clients do the love language quiz and suggest to them to read the, read the book as well whenever we work together, just because this gives me an idea, just a broadened overview of which direction to go. So whenever I talk about love languages, there's five of them. And this is just a way, I know that word's sometimes can be overused. Maybe this is your first time hearing it, but maybe it's really overused to you and you're like, I don't even really feel like I have a good visual or a picture painted of what that means. Whenever I say love language, I want you to think of all the different languages you know. Maybe you're like me and just know English with like a really scant amount of fucking Spanish, all right? (laughs) And like a really slutty amount of Spanish, like that's it. I want you to just think of this as adding on another language. I feel like every person, every human deserves to know and have access to the languages of love. We all have a different language of love. We all feel love differently. We all accept love differently. We all give it differently. Everyone has their own language. And whenever you're with a partner who's really dedicated to learning yours and how you feel it and how you see it, you're probably going to have a very fulfilling relationship. Because when you have two people that have that equal feeling of let's grow together, let's learn each other. I want to know you. I I want you to know me. You're going to have a relationship that really flourishes and a partnership that flourishes when everybody feels appreciated and love that's involved. So when you have that basic understanding of the languages, it gives you a little bit better help whenever talking to other people. So maybe you just know English like me, but you also have a basic understanding of different languages of love out there and how people can feel love and how you can give love. This is what I feel everyone should have an understanding of. And I feel like the language that this uses really helps to sum up how people feel. Whenever I talk about love languages, know that you don't have to conform yourself to anyone title or identity. You don't have to do that. I think these are great ways to talk about 
what feelings are present for you and what expressions are present for you. And I feel like everyone, again, is going to hold it slightly different. We all feel differently. We all are unique in our own ways. So use what is for you and throw away what's not for you. But this is a great place to start when discovering more about yourself, more about your partner, or just ways on how to communicate how you feel. Like maybe you know how you feel, but you literally just have no words on how to form it out or express it to your partner. This is a great place to start. So I'm going to give you guys myself as the guinea pig. And if you guys like this episode, I will go more in depth about love languages and my own personal experience around it. Um, because mine, my thoughts around it and going back, I can go really far back with this and talk about, you know, how my childhood affected how I am today, how I feel and need to feel love today. So if you guys like this episode, let me know. I will definitely go further back and more detailed into love languages if you like it. Just starting as far as like where my self-discovery process started with knowing what I am. And so there's five different types of love languages. And like I said, they're basically all summed up into those five types. Don't feel like just because you don't identify with one of them that you're broken or there's something wrong. Like I said, these can be very broad terms and find what is really true for you. I have been one out of the five for quite a while and now I would say I'm very heavy on two and whenever I really first discovered (laughs) what I was, I was like, wow, I was shocked. I was like, wow, I was in my mid-20s and I got first introduced to this and I was just like, holy shit. And from then on, it's really been a discovery process because I just keep learning more. And hell yeah, guys, humans evolve so fast. I'm discovering more about myself all the time. There is no cap for that, you know? I feel like we cap ourselves off to so much in life. I don't cap myself off to that. And I definitely don't give myself limits there. The first time around that I did my love language quiz, so there's the free quiz that you can take, and that's usually what I've always done. I've been heavy into words of affirmation. Words of affirmation means that you feel love most, most. You feel love most when someone is saying it to you. Someone is writing you a letter. Someone is verbally saying, I love you or verbally saying, oh my gosh, you did such a great job. Verbal recognition, um, written recognition. You feel love most when your partner texts you throughout the day. Hey, I love you. I miss you. You know, like whatever that looks like, it's the words that mean the most to you. This has always been what I needed most in relationships to make me feel loved. You know, like if my partner didn't say I love you, I I would be in my own head and be like, oh my gosh, what if they change their mind or what if they're breaking up with me? Like I would get it, you know, and then just go down that fucking rabbit hole. But the words are what meant the most to me. That's how you could show me how you love me the most. And so I was this way for a very long time. But what I realized a few years after discovering it is because of how I grew up and being in a home growing up where verbal praise was how we were recognized, I realized that that is why I carried that into my adulthood. And whenever that light bulb clicked, I was like, holy shit damn, you know, to feel like I was doing a good job when I was younger, I had to hear that you're doing good, Sierra, or that was great, or you did a great job. I had to have that. And so some of this I feel like was from a little bit of trauma and some of it was just the environment that I grew up in. 
but I carried that into my adulthood and having to have the words of affirmation. And it actually very poorly served me in certain ways. Um, In my business, I definitely thrived in my business because I was surrounded by a high praise energy team of women. You know, our events were very high praise. We got celebrated for our wins. We got recognized for our accomplishments. So to me, that definitely drove me further. It just, they spoke my language. How can I say it better? But they spoke my fucking language, you know, being in and how many other people can relate to that? So if you're like, I don't understand what words of affirmation is. Have you ever been at a place where you worked hard or, you know, you did something that deserved a little bit of recognition that you didn't get? You know, even if it was just an email from your boss, like saying, hey, I saw that you stayed late the other night. Um, the day before Thanksgiving, I just want to say thank you so much for your dedication. You know, you might blow that shit off, but that's better than nothing, right? That's, that's acknowledgement. That's recognition for, hey, you did a little bit better job than what most people normally do, right? Like we all want to be recognized. So if you're still confused on what words of affirmation could look like, that is a great example of how it could, how it has maybe been presented in your life before. It can look differently on every end, but it's still the same. You know, love language doesn't have to be, oh, romantic. Oh, I'm so in love with you. Or like balls deep fucking no. Sometimes it's just the simple day-to-day activities or things around us that really add up. I've been words of affirmation for quite a while. And then (laughs) if you're like, when did it switch? I'm going to like blow your mind right here and tell you when it switched and I know when it switched because I'm very intuitive. I pay attention to my body, you know, like we've built a great relationship, Sierra and her body together. This still has me learning from it. And the switch was made whenever I was pregnant. (laughs) So whenever I became pregnant, I think I ended up doing the love language quiz at some point during my second or third trimester, maybe. Whenever I did it, whenever I was pregnant, I hadn't done it in probably five or six years. You know, I I think this is something you should tap into maybe once a year, once every six months. You should just be like, you know what? Let me take the quiz and see where I'm feeling because we shift a lot of the time. We shift without even fucking noticing. I feel like that happens to us all the time. We're shifting. We have no idea. Like, Somebody points something out like, oh, you lost a little bit of weight. And you're like, really? Fuck, I haven't eaten like shit lately. You know, like little stuff like that. We're very unaware sometimes about ourselves. So I took this quiz while I was pregnant and physical touch came up as the first part. (laughs) Physical touch came up as my number one. Go figure. I was pregnant and I needed physical touch. (laughs) Oh. It only made sense. Honestly, like, I remember whenever I took the quiz, I was laughing so fucking hard. Like, fuck yeah, I'm pregnant. Touch me. Massage my feet. Like, rub my fucking shoulders. Yes, that is how I feel love the most right now. Um, Like, I'm growing a fucking human right now. Like, support my fucking body. (laughs) I remember I laughed so hard, but it also was because of the person that I was shifting into. So, after my pregnancy, I had... um, surgery 30 days afterwards, emergency gallbladder removal surgery. Everybody has a journey differently with this. So I don't want to ever compare. 
But in my experience, I experienced altered body image. Very, very hardcore. Um, From the changes that this did to my body, the changes I had to make to my diet, just in the way, you know, like you really take for granted just being able to eat and drink whenever, whatever, and never really having gut problems. I saw this meme one time that's like every relationship, there's one person with gut problems and one person with um, something else like headaches or something and I'm like isn't that the fucking truth like there's always one person in the relationship who has a fucked up stomach I am the one with the fucked up stomach y'all like that is me unfortunately but I've learned a lot and so it was a process that I did not expect you know after already going through an altered body image with pregnancy and carrying a child you know and forever having the scars and the marks physically of what childbearing does to you you know like I already had to go through that then I also had to go through surgery and the altered body image that came with that so I also had physical scars from that as well um everything at that point really changed for me physically and I think it was good I think at that point in my life you know I was like 26 I think mid-20s it was like kind of a wake-up call of like where my health was at and to start taking care of me And something I learned, I feel like maybe a little bit the hard way, but when you start taking care of you first, everything else falls into place, you know? So like whenever I had to really start watching what I eat, I was taking care of me a little bit, even if it looked like I was just a bougie bitch because I was asking for non-dairy stuff, you know, like I'm taking care of me. I'm putting things in my body that will treat my body better, that will make my body feel better. I became very heightened around my physical fitness at this point in time. I also, about a year after, oh, let me see, about a year and a half after that, I thought about, you know, training more and doing things more physically. I do yoga at home. I do a lot of different stuff at home. I roller skate. I hike. I like to do activities that are more stimulating versus just like exercises. But at one point I also realized, so I I had had back problems and my back problems are because I have massive tits, if you didn't know. And so my after pregnancy, it really fucked up my back even worse because of all the weight gain and weight loss and then also breastfeeding and like the heaviness with that. And in case you didn't know, like you should look up the average weight per boob, like per cup size. Like if you go Google right now, like what's the average boob weight for a double D boob? it'll tell you what the weight of a a double D boob is. And so I just want you to look this up because if you've never done it, you would be surprised how much titties weigh. Okay. I feel like everybody needs a general knowledge of titty fucking weight, y'all. A general knowledge of titty weight. You just, you need to know what titty weight is. So it came to a point where I had done everything that I could at home and I was like, I need to physically strengthen my back more. Like I'm I'm doing as much as I can at home in between what I know and the time that I have, and I need to strengthen my back more. And so I found an outlet that helped me with that and strengthening my upper back and helping with my posture and things. So it was a very physically in tuned process that I've been in, and I feel like I'm still pretty physical touch. That's kind of been like my physical touch side through my self-discovery process I want you to know that this is like a full language of love like there's multiple outlets there's slang there's different pronunciation like there's so many different aspects to it I want you to think of it as a full language and you have 
your own way of speaking it. You have your own way of speaking it. You have your own way of saying it and of sharing it with others. So I think this is where a lot of people find disconnection in their relationship. It's because we're speaking two different languages and we don't know how to communicate it to each other. And so it just becomes this force of hurtfulness and pain. And before you know it, you're at very two different sides and you have no idea how to reestablish that that connection again. And it starts with going within, you know, as above, so below, as within, so without. So whenever you go within and you rediscover yourself and you find out what's true for you, then you're able to share that with someone else and reestablish that connection. How it's kind of tied in with my own relationship. Like I said, I am a huge physical toucher. Um, so ways that this affects me in my relationship and maybe you're like Sierra, I am also the physical toucher. Here's what I know is really true for me. And the only reason I, I have found out that this is true for me is because whenever I would realize it, I would write it down. I would literally journal it and be like, I have lists. Like if I die, I swear to God, my journals will go. If I die before, like I need a, I honestly need like a will right now of who gets to go through my journals and all of my writing and all of my content because holy God, like whew. Y'all could see how juicy everything is. My journal is like just how I dump things out and how I release things and how I keep track of things and remember things and figure things out. And so every time I would find something that really meant a lot to me, I would write about it. And then I realized, I started to realize the things that really meant the most to me. So in the process of getting my sex coaching certification, we had to do some journaling about these own processes, things that we were going to help our clients with, we had to do ourselves, of course. I really listed out things that were make it or break it in a relationship for me. So things that I had to have to feel love, things that maybe like I could kind of compromise on. So I had like two lists, lists of things that I have to have in a relationship and lists of things that I could like compromise on in a relationship. And we had to do this own process. Each one of the coaches had to do their own process. And some people have been married for a long time. Some people were single. Some people were in relationships like out of all of us coaches. So of course, naturally, we all had different perspectives on this. So some of the things that I had found through this discovery process of things that I have to have to feel really love and appreciated. It's the little shit, y'all. It's the simple stuff. It's the little everyday activities. So that's why I always say like, if you can win at the small stuff, you're going to fucking score at the big stuff. Something that always is important to me is whenever I see my partner, I am greeted physically. So whether that be a hug, a kiss, both of them at the same time, that physical greeting is super important to me and it it can literally make or break an entire day for me. Like I said, these are things that I noticed because they would happen or whatnot and then I would write about experiences or I would write about something or I would be like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much that made me feel. Like I just realized that that really upset me this didn't happen. Or wow, I realized that I feel really good when you do that. You know, I have a partner who gets up really, really early, like before 4 a.m. sometimes for work. They don't really think about, you know, adding that into their routine. And then like coming home from work, if I'm coming home or walking in the house, like I want to be hugged and greeted. If it is I'm home and you get here, you know, in the relationship, if it's I'm at home and you get home, then I expect you to come and greet me. Like that physical touch, that physical connection is so important for me 
in my relationship. Like I have to have that. I have to fucking have it. And just physical recognition. And it's like, wow, Sierra, that seems really demeaning. Like you have to have a partner that does that for you every single day. I'm not fucking crazy, y'all. I'm not asking for a ton on this one. (laughs) And also, you know, have grace. Like people, you can't live a cookie cutter life every single day, but that's why when you have communication and a partner who is dedicated to speaking your language. So, oh, okay. They didn't, they didn't hug me when they got home or they were asleep. All it takes is a text. You know what? I left really early and I forgot to hug you by this morning. I hope you have a great day. Wow. Boom. Done. Just the fact that you acknowledge that I need the physical connection. I need that physical touch. So that's a big like must have for me whenever it comes to the physical touch aspect of a relationship. I'm not like honestly. So physical touchers would say hand holding is big for them. I'm honestly not a huge hand holder, but I am a thigh holder. So like I want my thigh to be held or I'll hold your thigh. You can call me daddy. (laughs) I definitely like the physical touch when sitting next to my partner. Like I want either your hand on my thigh or I'm going to put mine on yours or on your crotch or (laughs) wherever I want really. I also like if we're going to be sitting on the couch watching a movie, I'll put my legs on you or I want to sit on your lap. (laughs) This is, I feel like (laughs) just saying it out loud makes me laugh because this is a part where I, in my own life, have been labeled as clingy 100%. And that is because I was with someone who didn't realize that's just how I feel loved most is the physical part. Some people are more verbally clingy and are texting their partner like every five minutes when they're not home. Like, where are you? What are you doing? Like, I'm not that. That's for sure. Hell no. But physical wise, if we're together, like I'm on your lap, bitch. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) This is where I feel like miscommunication happens too, because if you just didn't know that that's just how I feel loved most and that's how I feel appreciated, then you might just think, oh yeah, she's clingy. Like she's needy. And I'm not that way all the time, but whenever I feel connected to you and I feel safe and I feel like... I am being appreciated, that physical touch is a part of that process. And I have conversations with some of my friends about this because one of my good friends, so in her relationship dynamic, it's opposite. So she is not the physical touch. Her husband is. And every time we get together or whatever, we joke about it every now and then because we get it. We're like, yeah. And like, we're always the ones to hug everyone first and hug everybody. Like we're the huggers. Sorry, not sorry. But I definitely, um, it's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic and everything switches, you know, like you're, you're in different phases of your life for a reason. We all go through different phases. We all go, we all go through different seasons, you know, through this self-discovery process, it helped me figure out also, like once I learned more about myself, then I was able to tell my partner the things that I need to feel more loved. So it did affect me hugely in my relationship. It affected me. It affected me on a massive scale in my relationship because I was able to effectively communicate what I need and it might sound silly, but I'm just really like breaking it down to you as small as I can. Just a day-to-day activity of like, hey, I really need you to, to hug me by or hey, can you make time to just like hug me by and acknowledge me when you see me or whenever you're leaving 
just to give me that. And I think it's important too. you teach that language to your kids. You know, Mike, I always hug my daughter by. She knows that whenever I leave, she hug mommy, hug mommy. You know, like she wants a hug. I feel like everybody has their own ways. I want to introduce my kids to every language. So not only do I verbally say I love you, I hug her. I also do things for her to show her I love her. I think it's important we're exposed to every way. And I want you to know that, yes, even though like when you take this quiz or whatever, it's going to pop up with like your top two, that doesn't mean that you don't need the others. They're a part of you just as much. And sometimes you're going to flow into those heavier just depending on how you change and shift through life. I've watched myself flow from being a heavy words of affirmation, you know, and that was an old version of Sierra. This is a new version of Sierra, and I definitely crave physical touch. I love touchy, but I also am still big on words of affirmation. I love the verbal recognition. Save the best for last. How <laughs> love languages tie into your kinks. So if you're new to this term and or maybe you just need a refresher, just, just to remind you that kinks are a part of you. They're turn-ons and ways that you feel pleasure. And it's things that may or may not be sexual. So how this ties into my kinks. So the words of affirmation, I find funny because I'm a huge degrader. Like I love degrading during sex. I feel like that is a big turn-on for me to degrade. Like before, during, or after sex. And which is really funny because like I need the opposite of that um in life I don't know like it's kind of funny the more I find out about myself like the better y'all like I'm just saying it just keeps getting better <laughs> uh the physical touch part though a little milder version for you guys first but a uh, massage is huge for me I love massage I love booty massage I love leg massage like I love just being naked with my partner and letting them massage me that is a huge turn on for me kink wise on the more dominant side of physical touch. I love like bathing or washing my partners. I love just letting them relax and massaging their body as well. Like I'm a yes, like I'm a hoe when it comes to receiving like massage me all night. But I also like to give. I love massaging my partner. I love getting like a special body scrub out or something and scrubbing them and like on the more kinky dom side, maybe even like bathing them in the tub, washing their hair for them. Like if you've never had anyone bathe you and wash your hair, I'm just saying you might be chuckling at this now, but don't fucking laugh until you've done it because it's amazing. And just to be pampered and like taken care of. Who doesn't want to be fucking taken care of? So the physical touch part and the kinky realm for me too, I definitely love different types of sensational touch. So down to the fact of like grabbing hair or pulling hair or smacking or spanking, that's all involved with physical touch. So if you're like, wow, maybe I'm a little bit more physical touch than I expected. You're the hugger too. You also like to be spanked. I don't know, like hand in hand, y'all. Just something about the physical connection and that physical 
touch between skin. I'm trying to think, so what else have I covered as far as my kinks? You know, the degrading part of, oh, huge into like sexting. I'm very like split between, I'm definitely heavy physical touch, but then the words of affirmation kind of sneaks back around. So like just the part of sexting and texting and like throughout the day communication is huge for me. So that's another make it or break it for me in a relationship. Like I have to have that daily communication and it doesn't have to look constant, but I need to be able to feel like thought about me throughout the day. And you've showed that. So like I said, it doesn't have to be constant because you know me, you know your girl. I have an insanely busy schedule and there goes periods of time sometimes where I'm recording or I'm not on my phone or I'm at a side job or something and I'm away from my phone for a while. Not to mention like whenever I get back to my phone, sometimes it's really overwhelming because I have multiple social medias blown up, multiple inboxes, email accounts, messenger accounts that are are I constantly am dealing with. So sometimes it's overwhelming, but, and I understand, but just to know that you're thinking of me throughout the day, I love the texting recognition. Um, that definitely ties in huge with having the words of affirmation. I need the verbal, I need the language. I need that form of communication to really feel appreciated and seen in my relationship. And I also feel like that ties into with some of my um, voyeurism and like wanting to watch. And I love the kinky side of control and manipulation and more of that psychological aspect, which I feel like ties in heavier the more I dive into it the more it ties in heavier with the words of affirmation. So it is such a juicy, juicy, juicy ass discovery process. Whenever I edit this episode, I already know I'm going to love it because I'm just like, this is what I wanted to talk about today. So this is what I wanted to record today. I wanted to record something from the heart and something more authentic to me. I'm glad that whenever, I'm glad I have the moments of recognizing, hey, you need to get the fuck out of your head and back into your heart for a minute because those shifts and that recognition is so important and This is the raw, real episode that you got right now. You get the raw and real Sierra every episode, but this is a very down to earth, just more vulnerable, more intimate experience with me on things that I deal with just like everyone else, but also how I can navigate around it and get back into my heart and and continue to prioritize and focus on my passion and what's important for me and this process, I want. I wanted to talk about this today because this process has helped me find so much about myself out and so many things that I'm still finding out, you know, like I'm still on a self-discovery journey, but I've learned so much just compared to where I started to now. It's, it's helped me change. It's helped me really feel and live my most authentic version. And the more I learn about myself, the more confident I became too. You know, a lot of people are like, where does your confidence come from? Like, well, let's, you got about three and a half hours. Let's sit down and have four pots of coffee. Let's go. I think that it's important. The more you know about yourself, the more confident you are in yourself, um, your flaws, things about you, your insecurities. When you wear them, nobody can hurt you anymore. You're confident as fuck. Like, you know who you are. 
and nobody can take that from you. That's one thing that no one will ever be able to take. That is your free will. No one can take that from you. No one can take your thoughts from you. You get to decide who you are and what you are. And the more that you chip away and you get to live those truths, you're not trying to put on a face for this family and you're not putting on a different face for the people who you're at work. You just get to be you and be your authentic fucking self. The more confident you're going to become, the more you're going to feel happy in your life because you're not stretching yourself around to be someone that you're not. You're not acting out a character that isn't you. You know, you get to be yourself every single day. There's just something so freeing and so fucking rewarding to know that you get to be yourself and fuck what everybody else thinks. Much for listening to the Unchained Sex Cast. For more, please follow us on Instagram under the Unchained Sex Cast or my coaching page, Inspired by Sierra. If you feel inclined, please feel free to share us with your friends. This is not a sponsored podcast, so it is by word of mouth. If you liked us, loved us, wanted to review us, please take a second and do so, and we would super appreciate it to help us organically grow. Thanks again for catching the Unchained Sex Cast. We'll see you on our next episode.